This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Hello, listener. This is episode 48 of Unqualified, a video game podcast, where two gamers with no business talking about video games. I'm in the business. You were supposed to finish my sentence there, John. I haven't known you that long. Okay. So, <laughs> this is episode 48. That's John and Cody. And, uh, listener, we're, if you're a long-time listener, thanks for coming back. But I, I want to kind of eschew, eschew... Eschew? You know what? Even if you use that word incorrectly, honestly, I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't know what it meant. Okay, great. So we're going to eschew the the normal kind of uh, 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 cursory uh, proletariat talk that we normally do at the top of the podcast. Are those words? I mean, they're words, but they're not they're not the right ones, but they're the okay, words. No, I, liter- I literally just used two random words, but but no, um, normally we, we talk quite a bit about s- random stuff and happenings and things like that, and then kind of d- just bite into the meat, into the meat of the podcast, but um, we are going to tackle something very in-depth, and so I'd actually like to do that first, and then uh, for those of you who just stumbled upon this podcast by googling gone home uh then you can you can stay with us while we talk about our weekends and what our listeners have been playing and things like that but we gotta go we gotta get right to business this episode this is not this Uh, is serious business this is serious business much like dancing games right as as you know oh trust me i know all about how serious business dancing games are Yes, from the movie Dance Dance Revolution, The Warrior's Path. Dancing games are serious uh, business, giving you nightmares this Christmas. Uh, but John and I both played Gone Home we, recently. We did. I made the request that you do some homework and play it over the over the weekend, and you did. And I, I told you it would be like a two to three hour experience, and that would be it. Yeah. Is that about? Is that how long it took you? I think roughly, yeah, about two to three hours, and I did do my homework, unlike By the way, when I told you... Oh, go yeah, ahead. let's not go into that. By the way, listener, um, <laughs> in case you didn't hear the end of the last episode or you're not, uh, you haven't figured it out yet, we're going we're gonna to spoil this game a lot, um, and the game is, and I said this last week, the game is the story that it tells, so if you have any desire to play this game, and... If you haven't played it yet, I honestly wouldn't listen to the first three quarters of this episode because we are. But I don't necessarily. But I don't necessarily agree with you because I've been. Be- this game. There's so much to talk about with this game because I was reading something and there are certain things that one might consider a spoiler that somebody else might not consider a spoiler. Yeah, I suppose that's true. That's fair. And the other thing is, we're talking about a two to three hour game that costs twenty dollars. Sure. Like straight up twenty bucks. You got it on sale for fifteen. Got it on sale for ten. Are you serious? Yeah. I hate you. Uh, whatever. Fine. Thanks, Steam. Um, but either way, um, I mean, because you, I've re- I've read a lot of reviews since beating this game, and a lot of people say that they they want to say very little about the game because, as you have mentioned, the the story is the game. Uh, but 
What I've gathered from all that I've read and from my feelings, because I felt very differently last night when I beat the game than I do right now, we'll, having we'll thought call about it, it We'll all call day. it beating the game, right? Because there's no real... There's there's no like adversarial aspect to this game. I mean, it is just a it's a it is a game about exploration, right? That is what it is. Yeah. Um. um so you feel you, very... yeah you feel differently now than you did last night. Yes. Okay. Yes, much differently. Um, and between that and reading reviews, I came to the conclusion, and this will be my thesis statement for the Gone Home episode of Unqualified. I feel that this game is going to be completely different for everybody that plays it based on their personal experiences in a way that no other game has done. Um, all right. Uh, so that's your topic sentence. Now, the first three sentences of your next three paragraphs uh, need to be the discussion points, and then we can tie it together with the conclusive paragraph. It needs to stay within about 500 words. We fair? Okay. 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 Um, yeah, okay. I get I mean, I guess I can agree with you a little bit. But let's step back, right? Because we haven't we haven't said anything yet. Let's let's step back a little bit and talk about <laughs> we, and talk about what what this game is, okay? Which is the MO of the podcast, really. I mean, when do we really ever say anything? That's actually kind of a good point. So yeah. so so let's talk about what this game is, right? So this game is uh it's a first-person perspective. We'll call it an exploration puzzle game question mark is it a puzzle game probably not probably not a lot of is there a, is there a puzzle in it no there's i mean there's really not other than kind of like where do i go next but it's very well like laid out so anyway um it's 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 like an exploration game and the the plot to this game is you are a like a 20 year old girl who is in college, right? Got you. Got to be in college, I think. Um, yeah, because you're studying abroad. So you're you're like a 20 year old girl who goes and uh, and is studying abroad in Europe, um, and you come home, and it's like the middle of the summer, and uh, there's nobody home, and you've been gone for like a year and a half, and people know that you're coming home. Um, well, they don't actually know that you're coming home. You. you very quickly you you find out that like you you kind of suddenly have come home like you weren't expecting to come home this early but you you are you got like a a a quick flight or something so you, they don't have much notice right they don't have much notice but they do have some notice they know that like this is around the time where you'd be coming home and nobody is there nobody is there and this is like the middle of the night when you get home um so you know somebody should be there um and that's kind of where the game starts. And you just like you enter the the mudroom breezeway thing, um, and your house is locked. Um, and is like it's been a little bit. It's probably been about three weeks since I've played the game. But is was there a note on the door from your sister? Uh, there's a note on the door. I don't remember who left it, but yeah, there's a note on the door that basically says something on it. It says sorry, sorry, we're not here to greet you. Um, and then it, it says something like you'll understand why or something, something really vague, completely like elusive. Um, yeah, very, very cryptic. Right. And then you just start and you just start. And that's it. That That is you as the player. That is the amount of information you have. Um, and, and so the game is basically without telling you, without telling you what you're going to be doing. It's basically saying, go figure out what's going on. Um, and so you start. That's what you start to do. And 
you you start going through the house, and I don't know how you approached this game, but um, the game is set up so that like you can pick up a ton of objects, and there's a very handy kind of zoom function to these objects. Um, where you can just kind of pick it up and you can look closer at stuff. And there's, like I said, there's so much to pick up and look at. And when you examine stuff, there's a lot of, there's a lot of storytelling happening that is not directly related to like the main story of the game, but is related to the family unit and like what is going on in the family that is all done with this like picking up of random objects and looking closely at them and kind of piecing together what's going on, right? Yeah. Now, when you were going through the game, did you take your time with it? Did you, like, pick up a lot of stuff, get a good idea of, like, what was going on that way? I mean, did you feel like that was how you played it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's... You're supposed to go in the game, it's been recommended, you play this game without knowing anything about it, but I think that knowing that, that... Um, motivated me more to pick up pretty much everything. I th- I think anyone know anyone going into this game that knows that it's a it's a mystery and it's up to you to discover everything in the game is going to see oh there's a mechanic that lets you pick up objects and examine them and realize oh I guess I'm going to be doing that a lot. So yes, I I, I picked up a ton of things. L- less so near the end of the game. Um, you can only pick some. You can only pick up so many three ring binders uh, that are nondescript and empty before you're kind of like, okay, I know what it looks like. It's kind of like a square. Yep. Uh, bef- before you get a bit tired of it. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah. And and how much did you pick up? Uh, also, I mean, pretty much everything. I mean, I definitely did the methodical thing of going from room to room very deliberately. Um, you know, gathering as much information from what was in that room as possible. Um, just kind of exploring that way. Um, so yeah, I looked at I looked at everything. I looked at everything, and even stuff you don't pick up. Like there's a lot of storytelling happening in this game, from like notes pasted on the fridge, and and uh, there's just there's there's so much to the world that the game creators made. Okay, so and that was where I, I wanted to talk specifically about the mechanics of the game first because that's the you know the gamiest part of the game, right? Right. So. Um, one of the things that I think is awesome about this game, all right, so I do think there's some awesome stuff here. One of the one of the things that I think is really awesome is the game design. Um, I think the game does a really good job of moving you through the house in a, 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 a what fe- I mean, when you step back and think about it, is a relatively linear way, but in a way that like makes sense within the context of the world. Um, like I. I, th- I just I felt I was very organically moving through the house um, in a way that made sense as I was exploring. Yeah, um, and I thought that was that was awesome because in an exploration game where you're talking, I mean, the whole point of this game is to explore, and when you're t- like you're talking about that, right? Um, with a lot of games, you just kind of go everywhere, gather like as much stuff as you can, and then. In other adventure games, you would combine things together and you'd, you'd try to solve the puzzles that the game creators had put in place. Now, again, there aren't any puzzles in this game, but I think the game creators have just done a very good job of, of just setting up this world 
in a way where you move through it in just a supernatural way. Um, and there is so much information in every single room that you go into that none of it is told to you. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how much you can skip in this game because I didn't skip anything, but I would be interested to know how much you could not see and still kind of complete the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean, there are certain triggers for items that you find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch a speed run. I'm sure somebody's speed running it by now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, But anyway, I just think the game design is great. I think they have done just a very good job. And and you pitch this idea to anybody, and they're like, what? I don't understand. Where's, like, where's the video game? And I would kind of say the same thing. Um, So... Because there's there's not there's not like real gameplay here. I mean, the gameplay is the discovery of what is going on, what has happened to your family in the past year, right? Right. Um, so I I just think that as as far as the game design goes, it's it's really good. It's really good, and they it they've really put it in the players' hands to see and discover just how much they they want. Like it, you have the agency to kind of explore as much or as little as you want in the house. And I think that's cool. And it's odd because there are no prompts in the game, really. I mean, there's no leading you one direction or another. You know, you walk in the the house and you can either turn to the left where there's a number of rooms or you can go up the giant staircase directly in front of you and go upstairs first. And I was watching a video podcast interview with one of the game's creators And he said it was really interesting because almost everyone who would define themselves as a gamer or the more like serious kind of gamer types like you and me. Stayed on the bottom floor. They all stayed on the bottom floor first. All of them. And he said some people that picked it up at a couple conventions who weren't really like big time gamers went directly upstairs. And he thought there was some value to that because – the the story kind of progresses a bit chronologically when you begin on the bottom floor and then work your way upstairs. But to do it out of chronological order, I don't think takes away from the experience. And he actually um, – he kind of suggested that it may have even been a more interesting experience for those players because then it's their job to kind of piece it together. And, you know, it's like you're picking up in the middle of a story and then learning more about it. When you go downstairs. That is really interesting. I never even thought about that, to be honest, about like starting starting somewhere else because I I started on the bottom floor and like I said, I mean the game design really does kind of push you in this snake like pattern throughout the house that you find yourself in. Um yeah. and, and the story is in, like you said, a chronological order that way. So that is really interesting that they found that with <laughs> that they found that with gamers, and that totally makes sense to me. Right, and it, it, it's like you walk in the house, and there is a giant, just not spiral. Did I? I may have said spiral staircase. You didn't staircase, say spiral staircase. I, oh, okay. Well, I was thinking because spiral staircase is a really fun phrase to say. Spiral staircase. Spiral staircase. Spiral staircase. Spiral staircase. Spiral. Right. Spiral staircase. Spiral. It's very a fun word, but it's not. It is in fact a straight staircase and it's large and well lit and it's in the middle of your vision but neither you nor i even considered going up at first no and what, what what's also interesting is i bet you tried to go right first right i think i actually may have yeah okay and that's probably because you're right-handed i went left first 
which this is this is like a do- that's a documented thing that I am aware of where like if if a right-hander and a left-hander are given two choices the right-handers will more often go right the left-handers will go left. So I almost really? I I almost always start left whenever I am given that choice. Um we're getting so meta. This listener this podcast is going to get really deep. This is like surface deep inside. this is we're we haven't even we haven't even started foreplay yet. And That's by right. the time we are like twenty minutes from now, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna need to thrust our sword of insight to the hilt into your chest, it, uh, completely puncturing your internal organs. There was nothing sexy about whatever you just said at all. Oh, okay. Um, okay so. So th- and that's that's the gameplay. You're walking throughout the house now. Um, while that's good, I mean the 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 story that the game is telling is one of your whole family. But throughout the game, you're finding different stuff that is triggering journal entries. And when when it very first happened, and I don't know about how you felt about it, but I felt like it was very jarring because I didn't like find a tape or anything. Um, I just picked up an item, and some a voice started talking. Right? Were you were you like, what the hell's going on? Uh, no. You were like video game consent. This is how they're going to deal me the story, right? Something like that. <laughs> yes, I offered video game consent. Not quite different kind of consent. No, uh, I, cons- I I realized that. I I just I don't know. It didn't it didn't throw me off, but that's okay that it threw you off. So keep going. Yeah. Um. So that's. Uh, uh, like you'll just get journal entries or what seem like journal entries that are written by your sister. Um, and this is how, I guess what I would consider the main story of, of this family. Uh, this is how it is. It is described to you is through these journal entries that you just find on random items. Right. Uh, yeah. Now later on at the very end of the game, you find out that, this is all kind of like an immediate flashback of a book that you find with all of these journal entries. So Mm -hmm. all of this stuff is actually written in this big diary that you find at the very end of the game. And just as you're walking, it's you, you know, it's your main character recounting in her mind what she has, what she's reading, what she's read out of this book um, as she's moving through the house. So, sure. uh, But the, the story is of your younger sister, who is in high school um, and she went to the same high school as you. And that's important. Um, and you were a, was it track? Like it's very obvious in the house that you are a very accomplished high school student. Yeah. Like you as a character were, you have, there's a bunch of trophies everywhere for you. Um, you don't see any for your sister. Um, it's just very apparent that you were kind of a big deal in high school. You were like the popular goody two shoes kid. Um, that it, I just kind of get the feeling this is like, you're the kind of person that everybody liked that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And your sister is the opposite of that. She's very introverted. She, Oh, and if we didn't say before this game place takes, takes place in the early nineties in Oregon. Okay. 1994? Yeah, early 90s in Oregon. Um, Portland. Sure, Portland. Specifically, Portland. Yeah, okay. No, they say that, and it was developed by a studio in Portland. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't realize that. But That might be relevant to somebody. I don't know. Part of, we're, we're in the Midwest, part, so we don't... Part of Oregon. 
yeah. So somewhere left of here. Somewhere left of where we are, right? Uh, so, um, it, so it. She's in high school, kind of an unpopular kid. She gets immersed in this kind of punk rock culture, and she ends up falling. And, and she's a she's a freshman or a sophomore. She's sophomore. she's one of the younger, uh, it, one of the younger two years, and. Uh, she falls in love with a... Wait, hold on. Now, before... Th- th- this is where it can arguably get spoilery. Okay. Listener. Right, so, this I is- mean, listener, we haven't spoiled anything up until now. Now, the next part... Now, I'm going to say... I don't, I don't know what you're going to say, but whether you say what I think you're about to or not, I've seen it argued that it's not a spoiler, and now I want to let you finish your sentence. So, she falls in love with a senior female student who is going to be uh, shipping out at the end of the year um, to uh, I don't know if she's going into the army or navy or something um, I can't remember I think it was probably said the marines or, or something um, but yeah she like she falls in love with this girl who's leaving at the end of the school year okay so that part was spoilery some have argued that the fact that it is a so top level top layer this game tells a love story. Yes. Not a not really a spoiler. Second level the love story happens to be between two females. Many consider this a spoiler. Um I've seen some raging debates about whether that component of the relationship is a spoiler and we can get into that in a minute. And then what you said about the military stuff, some of that is is um, more details that, that you kind of learn throughout the game. And I would say that what you said was minor spoilery. Uh, it doesn't give anything away, per se, but I, I would say that there's that. So anyway, keep going. Yeah, um, and th- I mean, that's basically it. It's, it's you learning about your sister um, and her past year of high school... And her experiences with this girl. I can't remember the girl's name now. Um, uh, it started with L. Lori, Lorraine. No, uh, Linda. It was. L- oh my god! I played it literally last night. Levi. Uh, it was something. <laughs> it was something, and it was short for something else. It, I guess it doesn't matter. I'd like to be able to refer to these characters by name, but that's way too much work to go research this stuff. Um, well, Sam was the name of your sister, right? Sam and god, what the hell was her name? We're the worst. Everyone, everyone that found this podcast to hear us talk about Gone Home has now left because they're just like these guys have zero credibility. Yeah. Well, we do have zero credibility. That's kind of. That's kind it's of because we're unqualified. Yeah, a video game podcast. Kind of the point of the show. Um, yeah, and and so it's just it's the story of like her meeting this girl and this girl kind of taking taking Sam into her world and exposing her like. Sam is interested in punk rock culture. This girl is like immersed in punk rock culture. So I think part of that is one of the reasons why Sam is so drawn to her. Um, And yeah, like that's what all of the journal entries are about are about this girl um, and about how just infatuated Sam is with her. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. And, and it all wraps up after this two Lonnie, by the way, it is Lonnie. Lonnie. I knew it was some name that was also masculine. Um, it it all wraps up at the very end where you find this like the last thing that you do as a player 
Is well, now, wait, this is a spoiler. We know what's why a spoiler. Why are you spoiling? Because why are you spoiling this part? Because we already knew we were spoiling the whole game. So if we're going to. But how is this pertinent to discussing the game? It's fine. I'll back off. You do what you want. You do what That's you want. I'm just. I don't think that we need to spoil, like, the very last thing in the game. Like, I don't I don't think that serves a purpose in the grander. Look, come at me, bro. Come at me. Do you even lift? In the grander bro, do you, dialogue. Do you even that we're lift, having. bro? Bro. I'm just saying. Bro. Uh, the plot the plot takes place in June 1995, by the way. Okay. June 1995. And and it says on the Wikipedia page, the Pacific Northwest, I thought it was Oregon. Oh, yeah, it is. Arbor Hill, Oregon, not Portland. Not Portland. It's Arbor Hill, Oregon. We... an <laughs> amateur. Di- disregard everything we've said in the first half of this podcast, because all of it's been misinformation. Sure. I think the main story beats are all correct. Yeah, especially that ending you were about to ruin. Right. Uh, which it really... I mean, yes, that is a spoiler, but the game is the story. The game is the story. Sure. So, let's, so now that we've gone over what it is, what this game is about, uh, for those interested and curious, how do we like it? What do we think about it being a video game? Uh, how do we think it's changed the video game genre? How do we feel about it having a 90-something on Metacritic? How do we feel about the overwhelmingly positive reviews? Is this overrated? Is it underrated? Is it worth the price? So many things to talk about. Okay, so some of the things I really, really like and think are are really cool about the game is that it is it is such like an understated video game. Like... Again, the elevator pitch to this is, hey, it's it's going to be you just exploring a house to find out like what happened to your family. That, at face value, does not sound interesting at all. I mean, it, nope. And and it's it's a very quiet game, and like you're not trying to save the world, you're not trying to eliminate like uh, you know a, a a bad dictator or something like that. I mean. It's, it's it's such a self-contained story and like you get done and you realize that the the main like nobody has changed but the and nobody even like knows about what's going on but just the the people involved with the family um so it's just it's so small in scope which is really refreshing to me when so many other games are all about how large in scope they can be so that's one of the things that I like about it. I think that that's interesting. Um, as far as the story goes, and I don't know how you feel about the story, but I don't think the story is particularly interesting. I th- really? I think that the story is something that could be seen on the Lifetime channel afternoon movie. Because my wife watches Lifetime. So I'm familiar oh, with the types of movies that are on Lifetime. And yeah. it seriously, it, like, it's, you know, kudos to the, kudos to the writer for the game for not, for not having the fact that it's a lesbian relationship be, be like the reveal. Like, how shitty would that have been if it was like, and it's a woman credits, right? I mean, and, <laughs> and I think, I think, there are some people that could I think there are some people who would think that 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 would be like the big reveal for a video game because oh my gosh it's a it's a gay relationship in a video game character so kudos to them for like you find that out really soon like it's a, like you very quickly find out that that's the thing but i feel like 
like that is the only thing. And that is what's supposed to make these characters interesting. And it's interesting. Oh. And it's interesting. Uh, but it is not like, it is not the only interesting thing. And I don't think I'm necessarily saying that kind of the way that I want to, but I just feel like, like it's just, it's a very generic kind of banal story to me. It's girl falls in love. Um, and this is why the ending, like, I don't want to ruin the ending, but you know, girl falls in love, blah. And and then the ending happens. And I, I just thought that was very, kind of cheesy and kind of stereotypical. Now, the the reason why it's interesting is because it, it's happening in a video game. And this kind of thing, like this kind of story is has never been told in a video game before. And that's what makes it interesting, right? What type of story? A love story or a lesbian love story? A lesbian high, high school love story. Okay, yes. That's probably never been addressed in a game. And, and when you say that... you When you say that the reveal that they are two girls in this relationship, when you say that that's interesting, you mean in the context of the world of video games. You mean different. Yeah. You don't... I mean, because... Because, and I've read about this, too, like, at our point in our culture, the fact that we still have to call gay marriage gay marriage instead of just marriage, and things like that, like, I think homosexuality is becoming so mainstream, I mean... That's a poor choice of words, I'm sure, but please don't butcher me because you know what I mean. You know, like it, it's just it's out there. Well, There's it a was lot of ne- I mean, it was never when our when our parents and our grandparents were teenagers. It was never a commonly talked about thing. It was never in the common vernacular. Much, yes. it's much more common now. Is kind of what you mean. Yes. Right now, in this day and age, there's a lot of gay people and a lot of straight people, and everybody generally knows about that. Unless you're in really repressive communities where. You know, people are committing hate crimes and things, but but on the less extreme level, yes, America's become a little a little more uh, diverse in that way, I guess. So so when you say interesting, you're not saying like, right. oh, I'm very very curious, a right, gay but, couple. But you say my point is that you tell this story with two straight people, and I don't think it gets the same. I just don't think it gets the same response from the community. I really don't. And it could very easily, very easily be told as two straight people. And it would be an 80s movie, would it not? It's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And so that's like, that's kind of my big problem with it is I think that like, I I really think that part of the critical response that this game has received is because it focuses on a lesbian relationship. And I think there's, I think there's just, there's, and understandably so, like the, Gamers are gamers can be assholes, right? Uh, and there are some really hateful things that are said on Xbox Live that you hear about, yeah. and just on other online video game communities. Like it's it's not a safe place for everybody. Um, very specifically, homosexuals. I think a lot of times feel kind of pretty put off by a lot of the things that are said on these communities. So I think that by putting that in like a video game there i think that that is part of the oh my gosh like this is very progressive for video games and i think it is and that's important but i don't think that makes it a good story yeah that's that's a really good point that's a really good point um speaking to the story element of it i think i agree with you on the whole when you step back and you look at this story like 
it is a lifetime movie. It's I mean, a it's high school. It's a high school love story. Like and, and 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 even even the tropes of you know kind of introverted, shy, not necessarily good girl, favorite in the family, falling for you know the outward rebel that's very like you know does ROTC and does you know this and that and listens to a lot of uh, uh, riot girl rock. Is that what it's called? I it's. It's just it's like the it's like the underground punk stuff like just yeah no but there is a specific term it's it's riot girl I think okay. is a like uh, subgenre of punk from the early nineties yeah I don't know the ter- I don't actually know the term that you're referring oh, to riot girl is one of the bands but but there is, there is a a term for it man we are the worst well we- <laughs> I don't think I mean I guess I guess I didn't realize I was going to be quizzed on nineties punk subgenres. Um, Damn it, John! When are you going to realize that every week I quiz you on nineties sub pub, punk subgenres? Punk subgenres. Yes, yes, yes. Punk subgenres. When are you going to realize that I quiz you on that every week and start actually listening? <sighs> You're right. Uh, I will be well versed on Riot Girl next week. I promise. Okay. Even though that's probably not even what it's called. But what were you starting to say about the? That you you were talking you were talking about it like you, you when you say you take a step back it look it does look like a lifetime movie oh yeah yeah it does look like a lifetime I mean it's those are the tropes you know the the kind of introverted girl and then the the like you know the punk rock girl who's really cool and like I'm gonna show you the world and all that so it's been done this story has been done a bunch yeah and I mean even the ending is about as cheesy as it gets when it comes to love stories right. And again, I, yes. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it it really is. Um, yes. However, what I do like about this, and it's it's Riot Girl, by the way, G R R R L. Wow, is a subgenre of punk rock, hardcore rock, girl groups, grunge, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's an underground feminist punk rock movement. So what I was gonna say is the actual elements of this story I think are told exceptionally well in a way that that both capital not cashes in on the 90s nostalgia aspect but very effectively and realistically uses those aspects in a way that probably only a video game could do and does it very well oh like, I, I agree with you completely on that yes I think the the writing in those terms are great and listener what I'm talking about is you find a lot of notes uh, around the house, sometimes just laying out, but other times crumpled up into a ball and thrown into a trash can uh, where you pick them up and it's notes between Sam and Lonnie. And they're notes that they wrote to each other in class and they are spot on. Oh, they're awesome. They, they are, they're flawless. They've got drawings on them and stuff. They're, they're really good. That stuff was They're amazing. flawless. Really good. I think that's probably stylistically that is – the best part of this game is reading these notes. You know, uh, one will write in a blue pen and the other will write in a red pen. And you can tell it's been passed back and forth because there's like three lines in blue and then a couple lines in red and then a little bit in blue and then a drawing and then you flip it over and there's a drawing and it. it's really well done. And that's just one example of the discovery storytelling that I think is done so well in this game. So, so well. And th- that's the thing that makes this such an interesting video game to me 
not necessarily yeah. not necessarily an interesting main story like we're talking about, but just a very interesting video game because the story is told super well. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a good story, but you know it can be a bad story told well. Um, and it's like if it's like if Morgan Freeman read Doctor Seuss. Sure, except Doctor Seuss is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So bad example. So it would be like if Morgan Freeman read da, Twilight. Da Vinci Code. There you go. Something like that. I, I like mine better. Yeah, yours is pretty good. Um, and so so that's that's all really cool. But that's still like the main focus. I'll be honest. The part that I was most drawn to in the story was what was going on with the rest of the family and how I was discovering that. And I don't know. God, I don't know how you like how you felt about that, but like you find you find some stuff like you find notes it's just the coolest thing like you find notes that have been mailed to your mom from one of her friends from an old neighborhood that you guys used to live in mm-hmm. and the notes are like talking about what's what's going on in in her life and then like what's what's happening in your mom's life um and like you find out that your mom the the real reason why you guys have moved is because your mom got like a promotion um and she's like a forest ranger type person and she got moved to a larger park in Oregon and that was the real reason why you moved um and you find out that she like doesn't have she's not having an affair at least it's not explicitly told to you that she's had having an affair but there's like another man that she is expressing interest in that she has met at her workplace um and so you've got like this sub story going on in there um, again through the use through like the scene of the notes that your mom is writing back and forth to her friend. And then you've got your, your father's sub story, which you find out that he is kind of like a failing writer. He has written these really pulpy sci-fi novels related to, I want to say they're all related to the JFK assassination. They are all related to. They're a sci-fi take on the JFK assassination. Yeah, and it's he's he's not just like an obsessive conspiracy theorist writing about. Uh, he's writing fiction. He's writing. This is definitely science fiction. Very science fiction. Yeah, time travel is involved in aliens. So this isn't like a Lee Harvey Oswald conspiracy obsessor. But it also doesn't look like good science fiction. It's very apparent that it's really. It's just, it's like, it's not well-written science fiction, right? So very pulpy. Yeah, exactly. And so he, so you find out that like, to make ends meet in his career, he has taken to writing reviews for, (laughs) writing reviews for electronics, like new electronics that are coming out. And you find this one that's just really, it's hilarious because he's still trying to like be a writer and write this review. (laughs) Did you, did you happen to find it? I don't know which one you're talking about. It's like a review. It's like a review of of a stereo system or something. But he uses he uses just like ridiculous language, like really long, drawn out phrases and stuff. And he, and he uses he uses analogies that have nothing to do with music to describe it. I mean, it's it's really good. Like it's very obvious that he's just doing it to make money. Um, but it's also pretty obvious by the stuff that you find in the house that like he. He is not in a good place, right? So, like, he... No. Yeah, he... Your your dad is just... He's not in a good place when it comes to his career. So, he's like, you kind of get this feeling like he's got kind of a midlife crisis thing going on. And so, you've got... 
you've got that going on with your dad and then and then the other thing going on with your mom and the honestly the the you wonder what the coolest moment of this game for me was don't tell me the crucifix no i don't even know okay what, good yeah no the coolest moment of this game to me was when it's near the very end you are looking through like the the garden area of your house yeah and you find on the fridge a couple's retreat that your parents are going to to kind of save their marriage because it's also it's also obvious that their marriage is kind of in jeopardy at, at this time. It's not yeah, it's not great. I, I don't get the sense it's like divorce. We're gonna fight right. over over dramatic, but right. there's trouble. There's trouble, right? And so they're going to this couple's retreat um, to to kind of rekindle their romances is, is the thing, and. That part is cool because you you don't know that you just find it on a fridge like you find you find couples retreat on these days and it just so happens you're coming back on one of the days where they're gone on this retreat and that's how you find out oh that's where they're at but the coolest part of the whole thing to me and the thing that was like the most real and the most human was when you find a note that they've left for Sam and the note to Sam says like hey Sam we're going out and we uh we're going away for a long weekend for our for our um anniversary Mm -hmm. and that to me was so powerful because it was like it was parents trying to protect like their kids you know what i mean and it was it was so interesting to me and that like one moment of that game made the game worth it to me and it's such a it's such a weird moment and this could go back a little bit to your thesis as to why this is different this could be very different for different people, but you know, my parents got divorced basically right when I went to college, like the, my, True, my yeah. freshman year of college, my parents got divorced. And like the, the, the two years before that, there was some hairy stuff, which I think is pretty common in relation in like marriages that are kind of going South. Yeah. So I, I just totally connected with, like their family at that point. Wow. Yeah. And I think too, and, and like looking back on it now to another person to like the average person playing this game, I could see how that would be such like a throwaway moment to them. Like something, and they might not have even discovered that because it really, it's none of that is stated anywhere. I mean, you just have to piece that together from seeing the information about this couple's retreat and then seeing that note and piecing that together. But for me, it was like, like it, it just, it felt so family. And I really felt like, I really felt like this family was like, this family was struggling together. Uh, and that was one of, I, I just, I really, that really like connected with me. Yeah, no, that's fan That's awesome. I'm really glad you had that moment. Yeah. And so that, like, that is the thing that was the most interesting to me, uh, over this, this love story. So, that just sharing with you that is what that is what really that was like the moment of the game that justified the game to me and it had nothing to do with the story with your sister that is told to you throughout the whole game it had to do with like the rest of your family um, yeah it it's interesting that the the smaller components of the game were its greatest strength even if the overlying you know the overarching story the one that's told to you isn't so great but that there is so much you can read into everything, you know? Yeah, and I'll tell you what's interesting is that, that story could be that story could be told, and I think this might be the reason why I, I like it the most, 
why I like that part the most. That could be told to you in a movie, for instance, super easily, right? I mean, yeah. it could just be – you could just have like the the parents in a failing relationship and you could watch their like – like you could watch actors act that out. But the discovery aspect that is the that is the the video game about this game is the only way that that information could be presented to you without just outright telling you. Like that is how that was this game's method of presenting that information, and that to me was the cool part. That was the interesting part. Was that it was like I discovered that I figured that out. I felt like the person in the house at that moment. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And that does go back to my thesis that different people connect in different ways. I, for some reason, that note, I know the note, the exact note you're talking about because it says that thing you said and then says, here's 40 bucks for pizza. Yeah. So I remember that specific note. And it also, it was memorable to me for whatever reason. And maybe on some level, it's because I was reading it in a similar way to the way that you read it. I can't really say for sure. But so if you go on Metacritic or or really any website right now, the user reviews are completely polarized on this game. Uh, Very few reviews down the middle. You know, it's either tens or ones pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's in large part, you know, you can argue that a lot of gamers are impatient or they, you know, they're only interested in shooting things. And I don't think there's much validity to that argument because – if I'm a kid that plays a lot of Halo and Call of Duty and I hear about this game Gone Home, I'm going to Google it before I buy it. I don't think that anybody's – I don't think that anybody – yeah, I don't think that anybody like your typical Call of Duty Madden player is going to find their way to this game. I really don't. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an indie game. It's on Steam. That automatically makes it slightly more niche than being able to go out and buy you know any, any of that uh, on a console, for example. Where I think this polarity comes from – is where it resonates with people. And in the interviews I've read with the creator and some other articles, um, I believe even the Kotaku review, or at least a follow-up article on Kotaku, was written by uh, a a gay female, a lesbian, who obviously identified with these characters very, very strongly. There are going to be a lot of people in the LGBT community who really, really identify with, with that with the story because it's it talks about the hardships of it because she does you know face adversity they both face adversity in the face of being lesbians in 1995 because it wasn't really as out there and i'm not saying obviously that you can't resonate with this game if you're not gay or you know any of that because you had a very different reason for doing it and you know what but you know what's interesting though is that the like the fact that they were gay was never like it was never really even brought up. Like I think just I think at one point she said sh- she thinks people at school knew, right? But for the yeah. most part, for the most part it was like a non-issue. To her, did you not get the diary entry where her parents find out about it? Yes, that I did. Okay, and I guess and they just they yeah, so the parents just think it's a phase. So I actually completely forgot about that to be honest. Yeah, yeah, cuz the parents yeah, the parents it's not that it's not your generic, you know, how dare you be gay or, you know, come hammer, come down. You're not allowed to see this girl anymore. It's not like one of those Cinderella's stepmother locking her up in the cellar kind of moments. No, the it's, parents were basically in denial. 
the parents are in denial, which I think was very, very powerful. And that did resonate with me a little bit just because it was a unique way to address it. Uh, but none of the elements of the story resonated particularly with me. And I think, so I, we, we were 10 years old in 1995, right? Yeah. Um, so because of that, some of the cultural things in there, some of the environment obviously brought back a couple memories. You know, you see VHS tapes. Okay, I get it. There's VHS tapes back then. We all get it. My parents still have those at their house. Like, they do a good job of setting that ambiance. But other than the notes, and those notes in the lockers really clicked with me. The notes were great. But other than that, nothing, like, transported me back to that era. Because I, when I was 10 years old, I was sitting around playing video games. I didn't really care about uh, girl rock. I didn't care about, I didn't listen to real music. I listened to the Mario 64 soundtrack. That's true. That's a true statement. And the Mortal Kombat Annihilation movie soundtrack. I didn't know about John F. Kennedy's, like, this kind of second wave. There, apparently there was a whole kind of movement in the mid-90s surrounding, like, Kennedy theories and a kind of reborn obsession with the JFK situation in the mid-90s. That I, and I didn't even know that existed until I was reading up on it yesterday, you know? Um there are all these things that, like, I just couldn't connect with. I couldn't connect with being a rebel. I couldn't connect with being in a relationship because I was barely in one in high school. And the one I was was with a girl who I did Bible study with. So it certainly wasn't rebellious in many ways. Uh, you know, like, I just couldn't relate to a lot of these experiences. And even with the parents, like, I, you know the struggling writer trope and you know the woman who's off be having a successful career and meeting another guy trope. Like, these are all just tropes, but none of them really clicked with me. So I think that a lot of the polarity of this game is coming from that, and I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm glad it resonated with some people, but that was a challenge to get me to love this game was that I, I couldn't connect. No matter how well parts of this story was told, no matter how well they were told, I, I couldn't, like... I don't know. I didn't get in there probably the way that you did when you had that moment. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it was just, it was kind of like a, it was a struggling, it was a struggling family. I mean, that was the, that's like the, the trope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like, I don't know that. And it's not, it's not like a, it's not like everything resonated with me. I mean, like the, like the one real thing that resonated with me was that that moment where you find out about the parents but yeah I suppose but uh, I mean it's I don't really know what I'm trying to say here the the polarizing nature of it I mean does that make it like does that make it interesting does that it, it obviously makes it interesting does it make it important does it make it all good questions. It's it's a fascinating game because when I finished it last night, I was a I was borderline pissed because I I was pissed because I, I didn't necessarily agree with some of the execution. I I didn't really like super resonate with the story. I I guess my thing at the end of beating it, and and the funny thing is today my my opinion kind of reversed. I'm not saying I regret playing this game. Um, I'm not saying I hate it. I'm not saying I hate a lot about this game. 
I don't love a lot about this game. And my, I think my number one thing, my number one what the f*** moment with this game is why is it presented as a horror game? Because it's presented as a horror game. And I think you may have disagreed with me on this, but I think it's presented as a horror game. Because the everything is horribly lit, like very dark. You walk in, you have to turn lights on. There's thunder outside that you hear a bunch of times. And there are two scare the sh** out of me moments in the game, which turn out to be nothing, but they got me totally on edge. And and you're more used to horror games and, and the horror genre than I am because you like horror movies. But I, those two things, I think that distracted me from enjoying the story. Yeah, and I'm so... Like, I never got the horror vibe at all. Like, I got... Because you find you find out that here's what you find out you find out that there was like, a, was it a murder in the house? Your uncle. So okay, step back for a second. You inherited this house. Your family inherited this house in Oregon from your uncle. Um, and you, you I don't know, can't remember exactly when you find that out. It's pretty early, I think. Uh, it's very. It's immediately the the scrap the newspaper obituary scrap is in like the first drawer in the in the dresser in the first room you go into but you get the you get the impression that your uncle may have had may have have some mental problems or have had some mental problems um it there wasn't a murder there was there i i i don't know I there, just, there were some allusions to something so weird he, happening so like but him being crazy or something is is kind of yeah. is kind of what it boils down to and um it's pretty obvious that Sam is fascinated by this, and she and she, see to me, you find out that they're like they're like trying to figure out if the uncle is still in the house because like Sam says that sometimes she hears stuff and she and she thinks her uncle is there and to, like a ghost. Yeah, and to me that was that's so weird that you thought that was that was like a horror thing because to me I thought that was just teenagers being teenagers. Like I thought it was teenagers being like, oh, wouldn't like. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a ghost in the house or something? Like it, that's so, like I said, that's very interesting to me. Because to, <laughs> See, because, uh, because you're, it's much easier to suspend your disbelief in, at that age, when it comes to supernatural stuff than it is at our age. So I just attributed that to them being 16 and 18. But it was in the context of a video game. And th- this game plays with your expectations, it really plays with their expectations because almost every turn, every opportunity, they, you know, you think something's going to happen and nothing happens. Like nothing really happens in this game. It's kind of a generic story. And you remember I texted you. I, I think I'm actually going to post a screenshot of this conversation on our Google Plus page because it was pretty funny. And I said that so the final the final room in the house is the attic. And this, this you learn pretty early in the game, so it's not a spoiler, and I won't say what's up there, but the final room in the house is the attic. And the attic is surrounded by red Christmas lights, so it looks really ominous. I looked at the attic before I even was, like, halfway through the game, and I was like, there's no f***ing way I'm going up there, right? And I ended up getting to the very end of the game, and I'm ready to go in the attic, and I texted you, and I said, <laughs> I said something like, there is no way in hell I'm going into that attic. And you said, there's nothing scary. Trust me. And I said, I swear to God, if I I may have a heart attack and die tonight because I was like, I scare more easily than you. I like, I, I, when I got the last of us and played through it, 
I only played it when my girlfriend at the time was at my apartment. I would not play it by myself because I just get really scared easily and I have surround sound and a big TV and I live alone and, you know, it's not a ton of lights are on because I don't want there to be glare on the TV. So, so there you go. So I was scared of this game because it was playing with their expectations. You like in any video game in the first person perspective, you walk into a room with no lights on chances are something's going to jump out at you. I mean, even in the original Bioshock, when you're going down the elevator shaft at the beginning of the game, think about like doom three dark places in, uh, Maybe not Goldeneye, but there's a lot of other ones. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, there were some. There's definitely some scary parts in Bioshock for sure. Yeah. So knowing that history of video games, you're you're playing a video game. So in the context of playing a video game, you know, it's like seeing it's like seeing uh, you know Mr. Stark's head cut off at the end of season one of Game of Thrones. Like you're watching TV. Main characters on TV shows. Our main characters on TV shows, they don't die. They don't get killed. They're main characters. Like, that's the story. So when that happened, that's why that was a big deal. And in this game, when you're walking into a pitch black room over and over and over again and hearing thunder occasionally and nothing jumps out, that's not supposed to happen with this with this medium. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I mean, there is something like inherently, I guess, scary to you, the fact like you're, you're in a mansion now. I mean, it. It's a very large house, um, so and a very large empty house. I guess there is something a little scary about that. But still, I never got, I never got the impression. And maybe it's just because I am so familiar with horror that there was anything horrific about this game at all. Even though they're talking about the ghost of the uncle and leaving all these clues. Yeah, and I told you, like I, I never. I never thought it was real. I always thought that it was just them being teenagers. But it's a video game. At some point, though, it, it kind of stopped being a traditional video game to me. And maybe it never did for you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Because at, like at, at some point, my, like, like you were talking about it, it subverting your expectations, right? At some point... I stopped ex- kind of expecting anything, to be honest, um, other than other than I expected I was going to be able to predict where the story was going, and I did, to be honest. Um, but as far as like as far as other things going on with the gameplay and with the game itself, like I I, I kind of stopped expecting stuff from it. Interesting, very interesting. I, did you pick up the cross in the basement? Cross. I don't know. So you would remember if you picked up the cross in the basement. And now, listener, I'm going to get a little more spoilery. There are two moments in the game that just scared the out of me. And one of them is when you first go in the basement, you do it through a secret passageway. And uh, you get to the bottom of the staircase. And so there are light switches, but there are also many pull string lights. So you, you find the pulse ring light, you turn it on, and there are a couple shelves on the wall, and, and kind of in a little crevice in the wall, just kind of a shelf, not really, there's a cross with writing on it. And it, it's it's just a small white cross, and it's got a couple like pieces of rope on it, so it, it looks like a ritual cross, like it's using some weird ritual, and it's got some writing on it, some words. I don't remember what it said, 
But if and when you pick up this cross, and this and this was confirmed in in a couple things I've read, so this is this is actually programmed like this. The instant you pick up that cross and look at it, there's a loud popping sound, and the light bulb burns out, and I almost fucking my pants because it was loud and it was unexpected and it was sudden and I was a girl in the dark in a basement in a house by myself. Interesting. I didn't have that moment. I'm kind of bummed that I didn't have that moment. Yeah, it scared me to death and I think that may be part of where you were expecting nothing to happen because this is like an hour or some into the game and that happened. Yeah, but at the same time, there's nothing hor- like that's horrific in the sense that the light bulb burned out when you looked at the cross, but it's it's nothing like supernaturally horrific. It's it's like a, like it's a light bulb guess, burning out. It is, and it is, and and that and later you find a a small table with a pentagram drawn on it in what looks like blood, and you even actually at one point in the game come across a bathtub with a lot of red in it, which and is you really find cool. Out, yes, and you find out it's hair coloring. So yes, everything has an explanation, and it's rational. But it depends, I guess, on your definition of scary. Uh, you pro- you are not scared by much. You enjoy horror movies. You are used to those and accustomed to those. I'm not, and it doesn't need to be an actual monster or something actually paranormal or freaky to scare me. It can just be a loud noise or a noise at the wrong time, or something jumping out of the dark at you. Um, and that scares me. And that left me on edge. And especially after that cross part, my heart was pounding. Because this was right after some of the revelations about uh, how your sister's using a Ouija board and trying to communicate. Did you find the note that... Uh, did you find the Ouija board? Yes. And next to it is a note... With, that they drew out that says, like, please bring me back or something or something along those lines. But it, it, it scrawled out just like a high schooler would write on a piece of notebook paper what this, you know, this apparition is saying. And it's done really creepily. It's all done so creepily. The second I saw that table with the pentagram, I almost stopped playing the game. I was like, there is no way I'm over this. And it, the whole thing turns out to be a red herring. This game is about a girl who dates a girl and nothing happens. That's what this game is. But not knowing that, it, I think that made me unable to focus on the story and enjoy it as much. Because I couldn't relax and take in that story as well as you were able to. That's really interesting. And I, I'm sure that – well, I guess I'm not sure. But I, I don't know if that was necessarily an intention of the game designers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they they weren't expecting such a p- to play their game. So yeah, there's that. There's that. <laughs> no, I, I I mean I don't really know know what to say to that other than I you don't have experience with with horror stuff. So I get. I mean, I guess I can see the, how some of that stuff was scary. Um, I like the minute that you're that you go to the bathtub though, and and that's relatively early. And you find out it's hair dye. Because um, my initial thought was like, holy shit, my sister, like, she kill herself? Like, are they at the hospital? Um, and that's probably what you thought, too. 
when you saw I it. Actually, I actually saw the uh, – I found the hair dye in the note before I saw the bathtub. Oh, interesting. So it didn't even phase me. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw the, I saw the bathtub first and I was like, holy shit, like did she kill herself and I think the hospital? But no, then you, see the, then you see the hair dye and I'm like, oh, okay. So it's just – at that point, it just felt like there wasn't going to be anything scary. And so that's why when you sent me that text last night and you were you were like, I, I swear to God, that, like this is super scary or whatever. I was like, I swear to God, we're not – we did not play – the same video game or I missed out on a ton of shit because I just never got that feeling. And this is another interesting thing in that it's so nonlinear and it doesn't lead you in any particular direction that there are just, there's just so many different ways to, to experience this game. Yeah. I think everybody's going to get the main love story because that that is the thread that is the thread that pushes you through the house. So everybody's going to get the main love story between your sister and Lonnie, right? But all of this other stuff that we're talking about, I think it's honestly all skippable. I don't think you could you could make it through this game and not see any of this other stuff that we talk about. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it's interesting. That's maybe the that may be the main reason why it's interesting, because that is how. Uh, how discoverable this story, like the whole story of this game is. But is that a strength or is that a weakness? So when you're talking about it being an interactive media, I think it's a strength because if it was another way, if it was a way where a lot of this stuff was given to you kind of regardless of what you did, you've taken player agency out at that point. And the player agency is what is strong to me about this game Uh, because they managed to, they manage to have a game that is just really solely based on a, on a story and still give you as the player the power to to discover this story rather than have the story happen to you. There's a much more active component to it. And so to me, I think it's a strength as a video game. Now, but you can miss stuff. That's fine. Did you ever is play, it? Did you ever play Heavy Rain? No. Okay, Heavy Rain is a game by Quantic Dream, listener. You've probably heard of it. Um, It was a game on the PlayStation 3, and the whole conceit of the game was that the game never stopped. Stuff. It was a murder mystery game where you controlled four four different characters total, and it was told scene by scene like a movie, and stuff would happen in each scene, and it would change your story... But, like, the main story beats were the same. So, main characters can die and be gone from the story forever. And there will be scenes that you don't see. But you can still like that, complete the game. I Here's, think that's different. I'm not sure why. Because I do. But what were you going to say? Here's the. I was going to say, here's the thing, though. Uh, the The great part about that game is that you get a like you get a, everybody gets a different story everybody gets a different story and here are you and me talking about our different stories with this game you know my story might have the main character in heavy rain die halfway into the game and i never control that main character again your main character may survive till the end of the game and he did some cool stuff that i didn't get to see but at the same time, my murder mystery like played out in a way that was different. And so I got like a different story than you. 
and this game is is a little reminiscent to that experience that I had with that. Now, the downside of Heavy Rain was that I I didn't know anybody that played that game, which is weird because it was a very big game. Yeah. Um, but I had nobody to talk to about it, so I couldn't compare stories. I only got to hear I only got to hear about other people comparing stories. But this is interesting to me about Gone Home, and that it's, I think it's a similar thing. You and I found different stuff in this house. Like I didn't find this cross where the light bulb popped, and I probably found some stuff that you didn't find either. We haven't seen any of that yet, or talked about any of that yet. Mm. Um, but it made our experiences through the house different. It made them different. I think the difference is in Heavy Rain, if a character dies, the story is different, but the story is still there. Whereas in this game, you and I had similar experiences. We did nail most of the main story beats, and we each missed a couple things here or there. But what about those players out there who weren't thorough or couldn't find their way to a room or missed a room entirely, missed an entire beat of the story or missed 20% of the story? Or missed thirty percent of the story. Then they their don't... then their explanation to what is going on with the family is different than yours and mine. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that's interesting. Like if you don't see that note on the fridge, or if you don't see like the um, if you don't see the couple's retreat brochure, or you don't get the allusion to that in one of the notes that's written by your mom to her friend because she mentions it in one of those notes as well, then you don't realize that your parents are off on a retreat. You may think like you may think at that point that your mom is having an affair, which is, which is much different, but as like the main character of the story, who you are supposed to be as a first person character, that could easily be something going through your mind as you're exploring your house. Like if you put yourself, if you put yourself in the shoes of that, of that character, like my main character of this game could feel and think different things than your main character. Yes. I will agree with that. I think that's cool. What do you think that does to the replay value of this game? I don't think it needs replay value. I don't think it has any. Like, I'm not going to play through the game again, probably. I can't, I can't see a reason why, but that doesn't make it a bad game. To you and me, it doesn't make it a bad game. But I can see where that would set a lot of people off. And I, made, I made this comparison earlier. Obviously, it's a very different game, but we each got Rogue Legacy for five bucks. Yep. contender for our game of the year we've played i mean i've played 20 30 40 hours of it you've played more i'm sure and uh there you go and bob's your uncle uh, this game gone home cost me 20 bucks cost you 10 20 bucks three hours i'll never play it again i i, I could have seen thor 2 twice you could in 3d ha- you could have in but chicago you, but you could say you could you could argue that thor 2 probably not as good of a story and and the thing is, or or at least as interested of an experience, and I think that that's the reason why this game is important. And it's import, it's very important now. It'll be less important when more stuff like this is out there. But I th- it's important because it 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 has video games doing something that they don't normally do. Uh, just you not being a superhero, it being just a very quiet experience it being just a a story of discovery i I mean it's just like this kind this kind of thing just isn't out there um and i think that that's why it's important and that's what makes it interesting that's what makes it worth experiencing i mean 
hell, you've gone through a range of emotions that are on opposite ends of the spectrum in one day because of this game. That, to me, speaks volumes to it in terms of an experience. That's true. And, and I think I attribute that to the fact that I'm a gamer and I I take games seriously to a degree. I, I take gaming as a medium. It's a big part of my life. Yeah, so and, when and mine stuff... too. I think that's very obvious. If if <laughs> you're listening to the show and you're hearing us talk about video games, you can tell like we take very video games very seriously. I think it's 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 more than just a, a way to pass time. Yeah, no, I mean, we've literally been talking about this one game for over an hour now, <laughs> which yeah. we've never done, and I still have a couple things I want to address about it. Yeah, and that's um, fine. So it's it's uh, yeah, no. It, I'll have to come back to whether it's worth experiencing. It, it's so meta. This is like, like this whole thing is so, I'm really glad I didn't try and record last night because you said, let's just do it now. And it was like 10 o'clock and I was really tired. I had gotten like four hours of sleep the night prior. So I'm so glad I didn't try and tough it out because I would have died halfway into the podcast uh, and not had any of these insights that are arguably good. Um, I need to draw the comparison between this game and two other games when you talk about how nothing like this has ever been done and why these games are... I don't know if I said never been done. I just, I said that they're not, like, they, they're just not, like, there. Like, they don't, there aren't people making games like this, I guess is what I mean. You said nothing like this has ever been done before or attempted by any human being and, in fact, a god probably made this game i uh you know what i i can't rewind the tape but i'm looking at the waveforms here and i think you might be right yeah uh-huh because you can read waveforms like that that's a skill <laughs> right there i have it uh so let's compare this game the to two there are two things that come to mind when i when i'm thinking about this game that do similar things and the first one i want to talk about because i reviewed this on a previous podcast and it's To the Moon. And To the Moon, as I explained, is a point-and-click game similar to Gone Home in that there's really no adversity. Uh, there is a discovery element, though a bit less so in To the Moon. Uh, and To the Moon is a, is a 16-bit game, essentially. It's pixelated. You click to move your characters, and you are playing as two characters and watching their relationship and their personalities unfold, not you projecting yourself. So so clearly some things are done differently, but I, I do remember you asking in that podcast kind of essentially once what's the point? How is it a game? Like what is your incentive to play it? And I, I think what's cool about Gone Home is this is hopefully to a degree – Moving further forward, the idea that games like that are okay because I, I, I straight up liked To the Moon. I really, I really, really, I don't want to say hated the ending, but the ending affected me in a way that I didn't love. The ending was very poignant and it, uh, almost tragic the way I interpreted it. And I think that's okay are, though. And I think that is okay. And I, I do accept that. I'm not saying it's a bad game because I didn't, it didn't have a happy ending. And the ending is arguably happy, but it's it's open for interpretation. Um, but but this would be my argument for you to play To the Moon. So I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts if you ever play that game, which you can get for like a dollar these days. I own it already. Oh, or you already own it. There you go. 
Um, and that's like a three-hour game. So it's similar. They're, they're just, it's not as in-depth and robust as this. But I think this does – This I am glad, if nothing else, that Gone Home does further the idea of a game doesn't have to have a lot of quote-unquote game play as long as it tells an effective – it give, it does something effectively, you know? Um, and I like to the moon for that reason. So I had yeah, to make I mean, that – Yeah, I mean like eliciting a, a good emotional experience. So that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to the moon, way funnier, way funnier. Th- this this game was cute in a lot of places, and the notes made me smile. But to the moon was funny; it made me laugh sometimes. And then the other game I want to compare this to is Mist. How is this not Mist version twenty thirteen? I mean, I people went to Mist for puzzles. I, I don't so replace puzzles with story, and you have the same exploration and discovery essentially, right? I don't think those two are interchangeable. I feel like, I feel like that's, you can't just, I mean, re- replace puzzle with shooting. And now yeah. you've got Halo. Well, cause but, Halo is pretty much the same thing as Pokemon Puzzle League. Right. So I, I'm less with you on Mist. Now, I'm not comparing them. I want to ask why it hasn't been compared because I don't think they're too incomparable games because Mist did the same thing that Gone Home is doing now 20 years ago. Mist did the same thing. It it changed your expectations of gaming and in the strictest sense of the word because nothing like Mist had ever been done before. And I actually read a really good article uh, on Grantland, a really great website with some good articles. Uh, Grantland did a, a kind of a special on Mist's 20th anniversary that I will, uh, I'll link to that from our Google Plus page, but they did a really interesting article talking about that had never been done. It's it's not really a game. It's just kind of, you know, you're you're plopped down. You don't know what's going on. You're, it's your job to explore and discover and learn the story. And the story is, isn't necessarily as much of a main focus as the puzzles in that game. But then you fast forward to 2013, Gone Home is a game where it's a first-person point of view. They drop you into a situation. You have essentially no idea what's going on, and it's your job to discover and explore and get this story. So I'm not trying to compare the games as similar, like as equals in any way, but it's doing for the genre the same thing that Myst did for the genre, I think, 20 years ago. In a lot of ways, and I'm surprised that hasn't come up more. I, I guess I can agree with you with the fact that the the gameplay, like the setup, is similar. But the thing is, is is there's there's nothing truly relatable in Mist. I mean, you're on like a fantastical floating island or something, right? I've never actually played Mist, but you're on what? You're in a place. You're in a place in that game that's somewhere fantastical, right? Yeah. Okay, the, the the reason why this game is being talked about the way that it is is because you are you are in a home which you know 99% of people have when they're growing up in a in like a family which less than that but certainly a, a vast majority of people have when they're growing up. And so there's like a very relatable aspect to that. And I mean I think it, it- I think maybe the the real thing is the creator is like the creator of this or like this game was made with all of these different threads involved in the story to try to get 
people to relate to certain parts of them, right? Sure. And I, I just, I mean, and Mist, Mist really was about the puzzles, right? I mean, that was the game. Like that game was a puzzle game specifically. Like, I, I think I think it built itself as much as an exploration game. Like I don't even know if this game has a genre, to be honest. Like I like I don't even I don't even know what you slotted into. I I guess it's an adventure game. Like if you want to get, it's a story game. Yeah, I, I mean that's what you called that's what you called to the moon when we talked about it. You said it's it's a story game. Yeah, I guess so. Like interact, it's like an interactive fiction. Um, this game seems like incredibly interactive for a game that is just a story, though. Well, interactive in what way? I mean, nothing can affect you as a character. No, but I, I guess I'm talking about in terms of what you like the stuff, the stuff that you do to discover the story. Like it's all on you. Mm-hmm. So, so I've pulled up Miss Wikipedia page because I get what you're saying, but to clarify, it is first of all it's described as a graphic adventure video game. So we could call we could probably call. Gone Home and Graphic Adventure video game, right? Yeah, I so, think so. In terms of gameplay, this says the game, and and I have played Mist, so I can confirm this. The gameplay of Mist consists of a first-person journey through an interactive world. The player moves the character by clicking on locations shown on the screen. The scene then crossfades into another frame, and the player can continue to explore. Players can interact with specific objects on some screens by clicking or dragging them. And uh, and then it goes on to a lot of other stuff. But apart from its predominantly nonverbal storytelling, which is also true in this game, very nonverbal, there's written things in Myst as well. Myst's gameplay is unusual among adventuring computer games in several ways. The player is provided with very little backstory at the beginning of the game, and no obvious goals or objectives are laid out. This means the players must simply begin to explore. There are no obvious enemies, no physical violence, and no threat of dying at any point. There is no time limit to complete the game. The game unfolds at its own pace and is solved through a combination of patience, observation, and logical thinking. That describes Gone Home. And I, I get the puzzle element was stronger, but in Gone Home, I mean, there's a couple things you gotta do. Like, there's one secret passageway, and you have to find the right object for that. But, to me, I just wanted to on the record, draw that, draw the parallel in terms of game, in terms of sheer gameplay. Strip away the story, strip away the, you know, the, uh, the love story, strip away the, the relatability, strip away all that stuff. I'm just talking about, this is a game where you get plopped somewhere, there's no combat, you just kind of walk around and look at stuff, and you learn the story by exploring. And I think at its core, mechanically, it's so similar to Myst, that's why it shocks me that people aren't drawing more parallels to it. Does that make sense? I think it does. And that makes me think that Mist was kind of a big deal when it came out. It was a huge deal when it came. It was the best-selling PC game of all time until The Sims. Yeah. I mean, so, that was just a long time. Yeah. And I mean, that was, you know, I was never a PC gamer when I was a kid. So it was kind right. of like that area that was kind of off my radar. So that's pretty mm -hmm. interesting, though. Yeah. And it was the one, it was like the one PC game I really got into besides like Sim Tower. And, you know, you could go back and play it now, but the puzzles are, well, at least when I was, when we were eight or ten years old, the puzzles were nigh impossible. So good luck if you want to try and figure it out on your own, but uh, I don't know. 
So overall, what do you, like you know? I think we're we've probably talked it out, but uh, no, nope, one more thing. Okay, what's your one last thing? My one. <laughs> You're like, let me go to bed. No, no, <laughs> actually, I, we still have to do weekends and what listeners are playing. We still got lots of episode left, but <laughs> oh no, my god, what are we gonna do? My one other thing is I've heard a lot of praise about the environment in this game and a lot about like. Oh, puts you right in the mid '90s because there's VHS tapes and notes written on paper. Uh, as an aside, do kids still write notes on paper and put it in each other's lockers between classes, or has has texting ruined that? I, f- I feel like texting has probably ruined that because that is a damn shame if it has. Yeah, I mean that was definitely fun stuff. That's and you're right. I mean that would be a damn shame, but I. If I know you, I don't know. I don't know anybody in high school. Do you? Uh, working on it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh man, back on the NSA's watch list. There we go. Pretty hot. Yeah. Um. No, I I don't know a lot. And actually, actually, my nieces are in high school, so I could ask them. But it it almost. And I said a lot of the game didn't resonate with me. It was almost a little bittersweet to see those notes thinking about texting in this day and age and how just just communication is just so disposable and atrocious and thoughtless these days you know i i don't know that that's the old 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 geezer in me you know with those notes um but aside from that a lot of people have talked about how poignant it is you know like oh there's vhs tapes and oh look there's there's this rock and roll music that's very 90s sounding and stuff like that and I, I didn't get that from the game. And I, I think it's because the game didn't have a high enough budget to really put me back in there. Uh, I, I thought it was too sparse. And I, they did a good job with the whole moving in to a house um, scenario. You know, the fact that they just moved in, so not everything's unpacked. There was some plausible deniability there. But um, I know you haven't played the whole game yet. But The Last of Us, to me, is is completely unparalleled in its realism with environments. Much more trans- into, transportative. Just so trans... I mean, and and granted, these are all buildings that have been abandoned for 10 or 20 years in The Last of Us with, you know, they're overgrown and things like that. But, but God, every, every wall inside every building is so real in the last like it's nothing will ever touch that i mean well things will eventually but but nothing this generation can touch that and and i get that there's some stuff done well in this i guess but i i think that the in order to make a incredibly immersive environment that completely transports you somewhere else i think it has to be a big budget triple a title or at least pay more attention to it than this game did. Because Gone Home did a good job for being an indie company. It did a good job for, for its technical limitations. It did a good job. But that's one of those things where you need a lot of time and attention to detail and budget and horsepower to really pull off. I don't know how you feel about that. I can agree with that. I, can, I mean, okay. in order to... Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, but I think that with... Yeah, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it would be it, you like you need to be triple A. It would just take it just takes an incredible amount of attention to detail. Sure, is what it is what it needs. Because um, you could have an even smaller experience where 
there was more attention detail played and then, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, I, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I do disagree with some – just some of the reviews just say, oh, it really puts you right back in the 90s. And it's, it's like, okay, okay, you need more than VHS tapes and 400 three-ring binders to do that. And did you notice the overabundance of three-ring binders? I didn't. Okay, because I, I know, like, I get they had to reuse stuff. Honestly, those were, that was the only object where it was really overused from my perspective. And I've, I've read varying reports on this as well. Everything else, very varied, a um, lot of variety, but the f***ing three-ring binders, I swear. Like, by the end of the game, I'm like, how many three-ring binders does a family need, you know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting to, like... Like if you're in the bathroom and you go look at the in the cabinet underneath the sink, there's like one one roll of toilet like there's like one set of rolls of toilet paper, which is exactly what the average person would have mm-hmm. under their under their sink, right? And that's that, that's really cool. Like that's the kind of stuff that was really cool about the way that they set up the world. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff very well. I'm not I'm not trying to say they did a bad job, but I just think the bar got except set that so you, high except for that me. you hate how they set up the world. You said it I was mean, the just- worst way. That anybody could set up a world ever. I just hate the world so much in that game. Why couldn't they have just set it in 1985? Good call. Good call. You know, that would I think that would have made the game better. And instead of a lesbian relationship, I think it, it should have been um, a Wookiee and an Ewok. Is that still taboo? Oh, I mean, you're talking like cross-species now. Bestiality's always been illegal. Yeah, which is why it would have been more effective, more controversial. God. So, overall... Uh, so, I overall, mean, what did you think? Tell me your thoughts, overall. Overall, I... Th- well, I, I kind of told you. I think the game... Like, I think the game deserves to be played. And you may not have... Like, you may not like it at the end either. But I think it's still like... If you if you are a person who thinks that video games can can do more than something like a Call of Duty or a Madden. And I'm not saying that the... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that those games are are bad. But there's a very specific type of experience that you're going for when you're going to those games. But if you're the type of video gamer that thinks that video games can can do more than just that, then this is worth playing. Like, if you're trying to get a... If you're trying to increase the breadth of the video games that you play, it doesn't get much different to me than this when you compare it to other mainstream stuff. So I think it's, I think, I think it's worth playing and I think it's worth $20. Even if you don't, you end up not liking it. I think it, I think it's worth $20 still. Like, I, think, I, think, I, just... I think the, emo- like I think the emotional, for lack of a better word, journey that you went on over the course of two days is worth it. But I mean, people so you, people pay people pay fifteen dollars to go see a movie in three D. Like a three D IMAX movie here is fifteen dollars, and you go you go to that. There's no replay value in a fifteen dollar movie, right? So, like it's just, like th- this is this is another expectation problems we have as gamers is that a game a game is supposed to give you pleasure and replayability for a long time, but this this game is not that. Like this game is more like a movie, and the, the here's the thing about my two days of emotional roller coastering. That wasn't because of the story in the game. That was because it's a video game that did something differently, 
and I was conflicted about how I felt about the way the medium was being used. So does that inherently make it like, was it the game that gave me that emotional roller coaster or was it the fact that it was a game? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't God, I, we're, and see, and see, we're I getting don't, so meta. We're getting and, so meta. And see, I don't think it matters. People went to, so people went to 2001, a space odyssey back when that came out. And the, the story of that movie Arguably not all that interesting, but the fact that it did things that movies had never done before was what made that movie so influential and so important in the pantheon of science fiction movies. So I think that, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that this is the 2001 of video games, but it doesn't matter why the the piece of art, and again, for lack of a better word, art, it doesn't matter why that elicits an emotional reaction. Just the fact that it elicits an emotional reaction is what's important. Yeah, one could argue that. The whole thing is so philosophical. I knew this discussion would get deep very quickly, and it, it did. But, uh, see, I I don't know how I feel about the price point. Actually, I do. I don't like that I had to pay 20 bucks for it. I think 15 would have been great. I think that would have been a good sweet spot. Um, I think this is a game that's ripe for the Humble Indie Bundle in the future because it's the kind of thing that could probably make them a ton of money because some people feel so, so strongly positively about it. I'm glad that it tackled the issues that it did, and I'm glad that it did what it did. That said, I think it's overrated. Uh, I, I don't I can think— agree. I can agree with that. I, I certainly don't think that a 9.5 is justified uh, or or a 10. I, I don't. It's Some things are done well, but nearly everything in the game could have been done better. Nearly everything in the game. Um, aside from those handwritten notes, nearly everything in the game could have been done better. And you could say that about a lot of games, but I don't know. It, it just... It's it's not a it's not a it's not a perfect ten for me by any means. I just think it's overrated, and I think that it is taking too much credit for something that's been done in the past. Or maybe this is just this generation's mist. I don't know, but it it's just so funny to me. The more the, just the more I think about mist in these parallels, the more I'm I'm almost kind of like, why is this game? You know, is it? If if the if the sequel to Mist had had a lesbian love story, would that have been the same as this game? Maybe I don't know. Like, what is it that makes this game this game? Is it the nonlinearity? Is it the the love story? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to, my brain is overloading. This is the last two days of my life that but, I can't and handle. That's, like, and that's why I like that's the type of thing, and that's the type of that's the type of reason why I I would argue that it is worth playing then. Because it, it it gives you those feelings, like stuff stuff doesn't always have to make you feel good. It can make you feel conflicted. That's okay. No, it's not. All right, right it's on. It's not. It's not. Not not even a little no, bit. No, that's that's fair. That's a good argument. That is. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Well, okay. So, did you know you know the Rite of Spring, the composition, the Rite of Spring by uh, Stravinsky? I mean, I've, I'm sure I know it, but I don't. Or uh, Stra- yeah, Igor Stravinsky. It's the um, it's the ballet written by Igor Stravinsky. You would know it if you heard it. Uh, it's 
it's yeah you would know it if you heard it but it's a classical piece and it, it it's uh from the early 20th century from like the 1910s and because of the nature of the music and the choreography it caused a near riot in the audience because it was designed as a work for on stage but it it did things that hadn't been done before and people couldn't handle it and it practically caused a riot the rite of spring i feel and you look back and you're like how could a stupid orchestral piece you know, like, it's just a bunch of... It's an orchestra and a ballet. Like, how, how could it be that out there that it causes nearly a riot? And I think playing this game makes me understand those people. Because, uh, frankly, when I beat this game, I wanted to riot. You did. You were not in a good place. I, I mean, it wasn't a bad place. I, I never said, hey, I'm really pissed off. But I, my first text after I beat it was, did I just play a video game? Question mark. Yep. Well, I mean, I... You know, I... Like, a. Like I said, stuff doesn't stuff doesn't have to make you feel good. Like a movie like Requiem for a Dream, I go to that, and for the love of God, I mean that's like one of one of like the darkest, most depressing movies <laughs> yeah. I have ever seen, and and yet I still think it's a it's a fantastic movie. I really do. I really enjoy that movie, but not because it makes me feel good. Yeah, sure, okay. So are it's we just, recommending been, this? We've been accepting – we've just been accepting this kind of like controversial stuff, controversial design in movies for a long time. And this is just – I think this is just another example of of games still kind of in their infancy, although more in their adolescence at this point, I guess, since they've been around for a little bit longer now. But they're still kind of like – they're still kind of trying to work their way into the common vernacular. And I think this is just like another example of that because there are, you know, there are so many different types of movies and there's even more different types of games. So yeah. I think, I think it's just a, I, th- I think that's what it is. Sure. Okay. I want to close. So let, I say, I say, yes, I recommend it. You would recommend it. I, I would say, um, I would, I'm not even going to say, here's what I want. I want to close the whole discussion of Gone Home with a, one one last quote from Wikipedia. Uh, and I'll let you guess what game this is talking about. This game – well, okay, this is from the Mist article. There's no way you wouldn't know this from Mist. I want to close with this quote from the Wikipedia page on Mist just to give the listener an idea of how I feel about Gone Home. This is, so this is my whether I recommend it or not. Mist was generally praised by critics. Wired and the New York Times suggested that Myst was evidence that video games could, in fact, evolve into an art form. Entertainment Weekly reported that some players considered Myst's virtual morality a religious experience. And Aarhus University professor Soren Pold pointed to Myst as an excellent example of how stories can be told using objects rather than people. Laura Evanson, writing for the San Francisco Chronicle, pointed to adult-oriented games like Myst as evidence the video game industry was emerging from its adolescent phase. And that's how I feel about this game. All of those things. All of those things are gone home. All of those things right there. And it happened 20 years ago. And I'm not sure why I'm not sure why it's so hard to digest gone home when this has happened before. But it is. And there you go. Here we are. 
Here we are, four hours into episode 48 of Unqualified a Video Game Podcast. I tell you where- what, that, that, that really kind of depresses me as a, as a lover of video games that because that you really that really does sound exactly like gone home for me right <laughs> yeah so that really does kind of depress me that video games haven't gone anywhere then in 20 years is kind of what that means cuz we still all cream our pants and something like this comes out well i mean the, the miss didn't have a, a you know as controversial of a story and as in as many facets to its story you are right it's puzzle oriented but again, I'm telling you, a lot of those little things in there. So I will post uh, the Grantland article. I'll find that tomorrow and I'll post it to your Facebook wall. Um, but listener, check our Google Plus page and I'll definitely link to it. Uh, really interesting article on Mist, And the, the guy says, the creators of the game say in it, in the interview, Mist happened and then the sequel happened and a couple other games happened and then the genre went away. He says in there, he's like, we did this and it kind of... It could have started something, but it kind of didn't. And then it just, nothing happened after that. It's pretty um, interesting. And games just went on. It is very interesting. Even though, again, it was the number one selling PC game of all time through 2002. So over, so basically 10 years at the very top. So 2002 until The Sims dethroned it. And and it, it it is it's a weird thing. It's like why didn't this happen again? Where did it go? What happened? Um, and that brings up: Do you know the creators of Mist have a Kickstarter for a new game? No, I don't know if it's been successfully funded or not yet, or if funding is closed. Uh, but listener, just search for uh, Mist on Kickstarter, or or maybe it's Cyan Games. I'm not sure what it's under, but they are trying to get a new game going, and I'm sure it'll reach its funding goal pretty sure it is still going on um but yeah so that that guy is trying to do a new project as well and i i would recommend donating to that if we want to see more stuff like gone home because i'm guessing it'll take some some uh, influences from this game i don't know john this is the heaviest podcast we've ever done oh for sure absolutely no it's it, that's good that's good i i mean i think that's what uh, that's what this game is trying to do yeah it is and, and last week i said next week we'll review heavy rain and the last of us well no, I'm not going to review The Last of Us after that. I didn't realize Heavy Rain would be a two-hour conversation. You mean Gone Home. But it doesn't matter. I have Heavy Rain written on a notepad in my hand, and that's why I said Heavy Rain. I meant Gone Home, but I that's think, okay. I think the listener knows what you meant. So, so, so let's step back, take a deep breath, and talk about something lighter. And hey, what did you do this weekend? So my parents had brought up, uh, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, they brought up all this, all these boxes of my shit that they had kept in their house because they moved. So they had to kind of downsize their house, and so they're in a smaller house. They couldn't, they couldn't keep all this shit for me anymore. So I spent the entire day on Saturday going through these boxes, and ta- my mother kept like every single one of my report cards from school. Really? And I don't know if all mothers did this. But my mother did. So like and all my and, and all of my standardized test scores. So I'm sitting there going through all of these and like reading comments that teachers had written about me and stuff like that. It was just a total, total blast from the past. It, to- it was totally cool. It was really, really cool. But at the same time, it was like every every single note for from my years from first first grade through sixth grade when they stopped writing notes on the on the report cards was like, 
Jonathan's really smart. If only he didn't talk so much. Like, <laughs> he talks too much in class. Jonathan just talks too much. And it's like every single year, it's like I never learned. He sure is a pleasure to have in class, but he talks too much. So anyway, it was it was really cool. I found some stuff. I found some collectible stuff that I put on eBay um, just because, like, I don't have a place for it, specifically, like, Nintendo games, um, as well as I had a sealed uh, – sealed, but I had a full copy, including box, of Fantasy Star 4, which is one of the rarest Sega Genesis games what yeah it was like the last game ever made for sega so i put that up on ebay um so i I don't know it was just cool it's kind of it's cool to look through all that stuff but it's it's a lot of work that's why you were texting me because i get your text about finding power rangers figures i know you were wondering if i found power rangers figures i wish i had but those i think had been donated to a toy store long ago Oh, and the other thing I did was I donated basically all of my DVDs to Goodwill. Along oh with my god, I saw the picture. You donated like a zillion. Along with along with a lot of other stuff. So I had a huge donation go in. That was really cool. Freed up a lot of space. Um, for not more movies. I mean, I... <laughs> I And the the worst part was like, I thought I would feel bad. Like, I made this decision to donate all these movies. I don't know, maybe maybe about three weeks ago. And I thought when I finally got around to doing it, I would feel bad about doing it because I had so many and like they were important to me. And then I'm sitting there sorting through the ones that I'm going to donate. And I'm like, why the f*** did I buy this? This, like, this is a movie that one, I don't like. Two, I never watched when I bought it. So why do I own it? So it was actually not nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be which is kind of depressing because it makes me think I wasted a ton of money on all those well, damn movies. Well, but you, you told me last week that you there were a lot that were like a dollar. Yeah, there were, and there weren't like that low. They were like, the, you know, the $5 bin at Walmart. But uh, you add that up to, I don't know, at least 150 movies, not to mention a bunch of uh, series of television shows. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, you like I said, you yeah, there were a lot because there was a because I believe your wife posted the picture and there were a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was a good weekend. Yeah, good for you. Good charity. That's uh, very very um, uh, uh, giving of you. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of the word because I don't I I I don't because you hate charity. I hate charity. That's why I said that. Yeah. So uh, what'd you do? Nothing. Um, okay. Okay. So. Um, oh, I I'm also doing... played through all of Castle Crashers. What? We can talk what? about that for three hours if you want. No, we can't. There's not that much to say. It's a beat 'em up. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. So, um, as you and our listener are probably aware, I'm in a web series called Arts and Crafts, a web series. Dancing and... games are serious business. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, this past weekend. I was not supposed to shoot uh, at all. I ended up shooting like an extra scene for them because they they wanted me to to add something to it. But the main story here is that Saturday night, one of the uh, we've been shooting a lot at this guy's house who is in the crew. A couple of the guys that live there are in the crew. There's like four guys that live there, and they had a party Saturday. So I'm at this party and. I would, there were maybe 10 or 15, probably 15 people there-ish, and I knew all of them or had seen all of them before. It was pretty much 
um, the friends of the arts and crafts crew and a couple people from the the show and a couple people from the cast. And, and so, yeah, okay. Kind of inside group, like we all know each other, you know, maybe 15, 20 people show up. We're, we're hanging out. And it's kind of normal. And everybody's very nerdy, you know, very dorky. Uh, like you and me, just like, it, you know, they talk about film a lot. And they're, we're all just nerd. We're just dorks, you know? And then yep. in walks probably eight people, like five girls and three guys. And the guys are all wearing leather jackets. One of them has that giant bull ring piercing in the nose, you know, that just nasty, just looks like a bull. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. Yep. I hate those. They're so ugly. I hate them. I'm sorry, listener, if you have one, but I just, they're just atrocious and just, I like your face the way it is. Don't do that. And they have all these piercings and they just look really dirty. And then a bunch of their friends come in and suddenly, no joke, there are like 60 or 70 people at this party. It was like, it was like Can't Hardly Wait. Do you remember that movie? Oh, I do. That movie was awesome. It was like Can't Hardly Wait. It was like you expect like maybe 20 or 30 people and then the whole school shows up. But all of these people were incredibly unfriendly. Like, <laughs> like I, That is not where I expected this story to go at all. No. That is no, awesome. Like, like borderline violent. So like it causes this rift in the party. To where there's basically the good kids hanging out in one kind of area trying to avoid the, like, quote-unquote bad kids. There was one guy with a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper in one hand and a handle of Evan Williams whiskey in the other hand. What the f***? What do you do with... <laughs> he was just taking pulls out of the bottle of whiskey and then uh, chugging the Dr. Pepper oh as a chaser. God. As a chaser. And, and of course, keep in mind, these are mostly college students doing this web series. So they're all like 20 years old. So there's the living room and then a, a long hallway with a couple bedrooms on it and the long hallway to the kitchen. And there's a, a guy standing in the hallway to the kitchen and two girls and they're talking. So, you know, you have to walk by this narrow hallway. A guy and two girls. Well, one of the girls is really tall and I, I ended up asking her how tall she was. She's six two. That is pretty That's tall. That's very tall for a girl. That I mean, other than the Drake University basketball team, women's basketball team, I didn't. I don't. I've never met really a girl taller than me, six four. So this girl's really tall, and she was, you know, kind of cute, I guess. Um, so I go up to her, and I, I'm walking by, and I, I made some stupid joke. Of, I don't remember if it was about height or what the deal was, and. And then she made some joke because she was kind of clever. And I was like, oh, this is a fun one. So I did a little back and forth banter. I, I wasn't like going up to her to try to hit on her or anything. I just was passing by, said something, noticed she was cute, said a couple back and forth. The guy that she was with looked like Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad uh -huh. and looked like he was going to stab me. Like, just looked like he wanted to cut me with a knife like, cut out my esophagus and feed it to me, and then kill me. I mean, I, I'm guessing if he fed me my esophagus, I'd be dead already. But he, the, just the sheer, because, John, you would have appreciated this more than anybody. The sheer mass insecurity of the 20-year-olds at this party with their girlfriends 
from that moment after that, I did not see him leave her side for a second. Like he was, like he was clinging on for his life. Because if he he let her out of his sight for a second, She'd she be would gone run forever. away. Yeah, and I saw them like a half hour later on the on a couch, and she looked like she wanted to be anywhere else in the world with anyone else, and he was practically sitting on top of her, like with both arms around her, and I'm just like, brah, you got a shaved head and a leather jacket, and I think you think you're kind of badass, but you're a tool. Why did you destroy their relationship, their beautiful, blossoming relationship? Why did you take it, it was, upon yourself to single-handedly destroy it? They were going places, those was, two. Oh, God. And I, I get that he was maybe threatened by my height because he was probably 5'6 or 5'7. But my God, man. So, listener, if you're – if I don't care how old you are. Listener, if you're a guy and you're dating a girl and you're at a party, let her do whatever she wants. Let her talk to whoever she wants. Let her hang out with whoever she wants, because if she doesn't come back to you, that means either it's not meant to be, or you're really boring, and probably suffocating, and smothering, or a slew of other things. But if you can't let your girl away from you at a party, at a house party, with like three rooms, then you have problems. So don't do it. And it's going to drive the girl away because I've seen it happen. And, and I'm not an expert on girls, but I definitely know some things not to do. And that's one of them. So I think we can all agree on that. I think so. I don't know. So that's what we did this weekend. And our listeners, I always ask you what you played this weekend. We only had three replies, John. So don't worry. This won't take long. What the hell is uh, that? Re- reply? I know you guys are all playing video games. You guys should reply. Let us know what you're playing. That's true. Um, we uh, so Jonathan is playing. Jo- Wait, Jonathan's your name? That's me. Jonathan just said must play more Pokemon. So I'm assuming he's playing Pokemon. Oh my god! I totally. I was thinking Mario sixty four. Silly me. Uh, Alexander is playing Metal Gear Rising. Which one is that? That's Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, right? That's the action the one. one. Oh, yeah, okay. I haven't played that yet. The one by um, Paradigm Games? Close. It's by uh, Platinum. Platinum, yes. Yes, three syllables and starts with P. I was almost there. And our senior field, our senior Google Plus field correspondent out in the field, Jamie Butterworth. Our field agent, right. Our field, uh, out on the field, says, probably Call of Duty Ghosts on Wii U if I can actually find the damned game. So That's right, that came out. Yeah, I I might get it on Steam. Oh, and you know what I've been playing? I I won't review it, but uh, you gifted me, listener, John gifted me uh, Arkham City. Batman Arkham City. So thank you. I did do that. You're welcome. And I'm sure I'm sure that you will love it. I, I was actually playing it before we started recording tonight. It's really fun. I like it a lot. Yep. yep. Did you play it's it? Good. I did. Holy crap, we can talk about a game we both played soon. We can. Yeah. Um, are you going to get Arkham Origins? You know, I'm going to get it when it drops in price. Um, yeah. I just... I don't know. I I loved the first Batman game. Like I fucking loved it. I loved that game. I thought that game was super good. We could talk about the second game at some point, but it made me a little less hot for the third one. 
So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you thought it was not as much combat uh, uh, emphasis or something? No, nah, it was just different. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. So, listener, if you do want to hear our, late, our, our next podcasts, which will be less than two hours long and cover a variety of games, not just Gone Home for two hours, you can find us on Tumblr at videogamepodcast.tumblr.com. Or on Google Plus, if you just search for Unqualified a Video Game Podcast. We just surpassed 300 followers, so I'm very excited. That is pretty cool. That's quite that's quite a few. That's pretty awesome. That actually um, is. That actually is. It yeah. is. And you can also, the other thing you can do is you can write us a review on iTunes as well. We always love to read those. Um, I know I love to read them. So you just got to find us does. on iTunes. You just got to find us, find us on iTunes. If you search for Unqualified, you can find us there. So I don't know how you... Uh, enjoy our podcast but i know some people are um subscribers on on itunes so if you are i we would just love it if you if you guys wrote a review yeah definitely and uh if you're interested in becoming a contributor to unqualified a video game podcast please shoot us an email at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com i have been populating our google plus page with a lot of content which I think is pretty cool. A lot of people seem to like it. I could use a little bit of help contributing to that page. So if you want to become a contributor, we will essentially make you a sponsor on the podcast. We'll plug your stuff. Uh, We may have you as a guest. There are many perks. This is what we like to call the bartering system. Uh, First established in prehistoric times where... People would exchange services or goods uh, for things, and I am comfortable doing that on the internet because I've been on Craigslist and not been killed yet. How many roses did you buy? Uh, or wait, or well, wait, do you spend the roses? You spend the roses. Okay, I don't know how this works. I, I can't believe you even knew that. Like, I know it because I hire prostitutes all the time. You Whoa, no wait a minute, wait a minute. What are they? Oh, sorry. I was I, I was thinking of a video capital. It's just not not like oh. Favor most listener. What did you just say? Finger the listener. <laughs> finger the listener. Finger the listener. <laughs> you sick. That was exciting. Is there anything we left out there? Fingering the listener? 